tell us what it's like to be wired as a swimmer because I'm just not wired that way. <laughs> why, 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 why swimming? Were you a kid and you just was like, you know, I'm really good at this and I just want to compete as a swimmer? Like, how'd you wind up doing swimming as a kid? I mean, you know, I, yeah. I was, um, I was, my mom is Dutch, so the Netherlands are surrounded by water and there's a lot right. of streams and rivers all over the place. So obviously, when I was there every couple of weeks but to visit my grandparents, because at that point we lived really close, what a very important thing for me to learn at an early age was how to swim. So I did that once a week in Germany um, and I learned how to swim. And then when we moved here, I needed to find a sport because there's nothing that people do like part-time. Like I was too old uh, to start playing football because right. people who played football started in second grade and already knew everything. And I wasn't really fond of hitting people and lacrosse <laughs> turned out to be a, a bad idea. So I, I started swimming. Um, and it, it was, it was a process. It took a while because I hated the fact that it was so competitive and I hated right. the fact that it was more than twice a week. So it took so until I, I started when I was like 10 and it took until I was about 12 for me to really start enjoying swimming. And I think part of it is just, I think it takes a, a certain type of person. Like if you're a very active person in the sense that you, you like movement and doing different things like a, like someone who plays football or basketball isn't going to like swimming because it's very active basketball and football, very active sports. Like there's a lot of movement in different directions. There's a lot of totally. stuff that happens and there's a lot of excitement all the time. Swimming is a great sport, but it's remarkably boring unless you're a swimmer like it's just even as a swimmer i have to say that the four hour long meets are boring there's not a yeah. whole lot you can really do about that so it just it takes a certain type of person a certain type of mentality to enjoy swimming there's a lot of water polo players who try swimming just because they want to get better at water polo and most of them end up hating it just because it's back not enough action right yeah, yeah there's not there's enough not, action there's not a lot yeah. of excitement really that goes into it so the wiring definitely is it's a little more i wouldn't like say steady. relaxed but it's more steady more steady. constant yeah yeah, yeah it um, seems like to really enjoy swimming you've got to be like a super steady sort of solid personality type right i would yeah. think i mean yeah we have if, we don't have a lot of we have some volatile personalities but those are definitely <laughs> the sprinters um right yeah, the kids not, that have to get really aggressive for about 30 seconds and then they can relax for the next couple of days. Like that's basically that personality. But for us on the miles, so I'm definitely not one of the more volatile personalities on the team. No, miles got to be crazy <laughs> steady. Um, what What's the longest that people do? Is the mile the longest race or, there, um, or, or is there more than a mile? For indoor swimming, the mile is the longest you can do. Mm -hmm. uh, we have other events like there's um outdoor there's like uh open water swimming and you can swim like 10 miles wow. there's um we do a swim across america uh, which isn't a race but it's more of a more of a charity fundraiser but that's three miles so you can swim more than one mile but if you're doing pool racing then it's not going to be more than a mile you're looking at and what miles. how long does it take to do a mile roughly in a pool um well, it takes about 16, 17 minutes, depending on whether or not you're in meters or yards. And so obviously it's a very, it's a pretty long time for a mile because runners take like five minutes or something like that. But 
Yeah, it takes a longer time, and it's definitely not an exciting race to watch unless you're close to unless you're directly unless that's your right unless yeah. that's your thing, right? Yeah. So, are you of any interest down the road in being like a triathlete or anything like that? Like you um, know, where you're doing longer swims and bike rides and runs. My friend, my friend does triathlons, and he uh, we did the we almost did a relay one once, but I haven't been on a bike in a while apart from <laughs> in Europe and I don't run nearly often enough for me to call sort of thinking about doing a triathlon but I guess eventually at some point I might start doing it once uh, swimming as a uh, high school sport is over. What does your gut say here? Do you think you're going to swim in college? Or you're going to let it go? What does your gut say? I think it depends. I mean I would like to, as of right now I would like to swim in college but I don't know. I think well let me rephrase that. I think it's I'm probably going to end up swimming in college. I don't know if it's going to be in the term of a varsity team or if it's going to be a club team. Like, for example, if I were to go to a Division One program, I wouldn't. The Whether or not I want to swim in college is going to be a question that I might have to answer at that point. And right now, I'd have to say it's 50-50 because a Division One program is great because of all these different opportunities for racing and you're on a lot more competitive team. But at the same time, because you're on such a competitive team, it takes away from a lot of the opportunities you get as a student at that college. And a club program would allow me to keep swimming while at the same time having the opportunity to do things like study abroad and internships and those kinds of things. So a Division three program would probably be where I'd be most likely to swim on a varsity team, whereas a Division one program, I'd likely have to think about joining a club team instead. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And we've talked about this before, a lot of D1 athletes that it's all in, at least mm-hmm. during the, the time of their sport, right? There's not a lot of room for, for much other than your team, your sport, and hopefully your grades. But, yeah. um, but you know, D3 makes a lot of sense, right? Because it gives you that flexibility to travel, to be international, to have other experiences and so on. Sounds really interesting. Um, what are you curious about here? Anything you want to ask me while you got me um, on a Zoom call here on a podcast? <laughs> Doing um, something a little bit different here? <laughs> I mean, I believe your wife is from Thailand, right? Or is from Thailand? She is and Thai. You yeah. are from America. So how would you say that those two um, mixed, or I guess, at the beginning of your relationship? Obviously, now it's going to be different, but... Um, well, you, you know what? There's a, yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, you know, look, I, I have a lot of playful answers. There's no way I'm going to be dead serious uh, at answering that question, but it will, you know, underneath will be meaningful in the sense that, you know, I playfully say that my wife is a lot like my Jewish mother was, uh, except she's not intrusive or controlling. And I'm being, you know, playful because it's my culture or whatever. I can do that. But um, she's remarkably, you know, I literally made her, met her on a blind date in Bangkok three years ago. And it's amazing how compatible we are. And I could, because I've had so many life experiences and because I waited so long to get married, um, I could recognize it pretty, pretty, pretty quick. I mean, I literally told like three or four people after her first date that if this woman could stay present with me, I'm going to marry her. And I use that metaphor. We talk a lot about being present because, you know, people blow up not just swim meets, but relationships by getting in their head, right? By not being present, by doing some form of self-sabotage. And it turned out, you know, luckily um, for her and for us that, you know, I mean, she was able to stay with it because 
you know, when, when I first met her, her English was maybe, you know, I don't know. I, I, I remember being pulled over by a police officer on one of our road trips when we, when we flew into LAX from Bangkok and then drove cross country. There was this trooper, Trooper Elmore, that pulled us over for no reason other than he was probably bored. And um, he asked me, you know, how's my wife's English? And I told him at that time, two and a half years ago, I told him it was 65%, but we laugh now because maybe it wasn't, and maybe we just, you know, we had such a crazy affinity and a strong connection that we were able to sort of work through those cultural differences. And even today, you know, there's just certain things I let go, right? I'm older, I don't, you know, I'm not in my, 20s or 30s, you you have less ego if you get a little bit smarter here about life. So I don't need her to be a certain way that I might have when I was younger, right? So I can let go of things like, you know, religious affiliations and so on and sort of address, you know, we just work on the communication and our relationship and the flow and the love we have for each other. So I'm not as hung up as people that are younger on things that like, you know, might seem different on the surface, like religion, but um, really don't really have that much relevance when the love and the understanding is so powerful. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the obvious? I lived in Germany and I spent a lot of time in the Netherlands, and obviously I've lived here in Greenwich. Uh, you've gone all over the place. What do you think is the <laughs> number one thing you've learned from that kind of traveling? And what do you think is one thing that's sets that apart from living in the same place your entire life? Yeah, I, I love the question. It's another really good question. Uh, you know, what have I learned from traveling so much? I have, I've lived all over the United States in many different places. Um, the West Coast, I've lived in Boulder and Santa Fe. I've even lived in Pensacola. Now we're here in, um, you know, South Florida. Uh, so, you know, and I've lived in China and Thailand. And, you know, I've even, you know, when I was a kid, we lived briefly in France for a summer. Uh, I think traveling, you know, creates uh, an open-mindedness and um, a flexibility and adaptability because when you come into a different culture, you're not trying to impose your values on that culture. You're trying to understand their values and to assimilate while you're in that culture. And there's a lot of value in that. So it just helps you become a more, I like to playfully say I'm more flexible and adaptive than almost everybody I meet because I have lived so many places and I have been really good at adapting and really understanding other people's values and not necessarily imposing mine. And I think Americans at times have gotten a bad rap because they haven't always done that, right? You know, they've sort of imposed their values. So I think understanding culture and understanding other people's way of doing life is fascinating. Like I'm not afraid to ask anyone and I do it all the time, you know, what's your cultural background? I ask that all the time. You know, what's your ethnicity? You know, people are scared to ask that question, but it's fascinating. You learn so much from, you know, who your parents and grandparents were and how their cultures were different. So I think, you know, in a general way, that's how I feel. <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes sense. It's been, I mean, as much as I don't necessarily like the hyper-competitive aspect of the of Greenwich, uh, there's been, definitely been a lot of different things that I've learned and picked up from be, living here, especially in some sense, there is a certain type of, it's much more ex, extroverted here. People are much more extroverted in the sense that, but they're also very superficial. 
especially right. in Connecticut. And what there's there's positives to that. Everybody will say hi and we should meet up for lunch sometime. Whether or not they actually want to meet up for lunch is debatable, but it's it's very different because when we went back to uh, we went to Berlin and everybody's very rude. So it's definitely been interesting <laughs> to interesting. see the two compare and contrast, kind of see how people actually treat others in there. Well, you know, as I'm listening to you, I'm playfully thinking, you know, go live in LA. I mean, because <laughs> there's, you know, a lot of times in Los Angeles, you go have lunch with somebody and they pretend to be their, your best friend or, or, you know, you're going to meet up again. And, you know what I mean? And they want to see you and do business with you. And it's not, you know, it's just the way it's sort of wired there. So <laughs> yeah, places like Fairfield County can be tough, Greenwich in particular. Um, you know, the materialistic energy can be really intense, but like, as you're saying, there's so much to learn. The good news for you is the more you experience, right, the more choice, hopefully you have down the road, you get to decide who am I and what am I about and where do I fit? You know, it took me a long time to find my life partner. You know, I was 51 when I met my wife. I had a lot of girlfriends like I talked about. And it took me a long time to feel comfortable with where I want a home base. When I grew up in Connecticut, it never felt like home, even though I, I lived there and I had family there and friends there and clients there. And now this where we're living here in South Florida, it just feels like a, an amazing fit as a sort of semi-tropical home base. So I, I'm a big you know fan and advocate of being adventurous and being creative and you know, even though you're wired like, you know, super steady as a swimmer, that's wonderful, but let's live adventurously. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Awesome. It's been a pleasure to have you, Eric, Eric Stemmen, um, uh, senior swimmer at Greenwich High and also on his way to like good things in the world. And I'm, uh, I'm Dr. Brett. And as always, if you like what you're seeing, subscribe to my channel. And we'll see you next week on See It and Feel It with Dr. Brett. Thank you.